Hi, this is Peter Schwartz, public address announcer for the Cosmos, and you're listening to the First Team Podcast. Here's your host, John Frashante. I'm joined by Paul Scaling for the second week in a row. You make first-team podcast history, Paul, for being on back-to-back weeks. All right. Do I get like a Do I get a, a Laurel and Hardy handshake or anything? Yeah. If you come over to New York, I'm gonna say, "Oh, <laughs> hey, Paul, we can get a brew together or whatever." Oh, oh. <laughs> well, I'm having one right now, so why not? Yeah. So you made history. Congrats, Paul. But let's move on All and right. talk about uh, lower division soccer. Let's talk about the New York Cosmos first, the future of the New York Cosmos. So uh, the Cosmos chairman broke his radio silence. He has some things to say. Uh, and he didn't say this to the supporters, but he revealed everything to uh, the Telegraph, I believe, or, or the Guardian or something the like Guardian, that. The Guardian, yeah. Yeah, so he said that the business has zero debt, even though it was reported that they're over like $30 million in debt or maybe more. Or he more, says. Yeah. That's an investment in a business that is a fraction of what some people have invested in this country. Look at all the MLS investments. They wouldn't call that debt. That is an investment in our business. Our business carries zero debt. All the money has been invested by shareholders. People have been calling uh, that BS and saying that that's completely false. Um, but then you have some people taking him for his word, some people that are sort of fact-checking what he's saying, if you could. Um, uh, but even though he's not coming to the supporters and saying these things, don't you think it's good that he's coming out and sort of talking to the media about it? It's important that he's out there talking about it. I think he's he's kind of um, splitting hairs when you talk about whether it's dead or not. Uh, as somebody who's who works for several nonprofits, I can tell you people invest in it knowing that their investment wants to pay off, but not necessarily for that. But as a business, it's a little different. If you're a shareholder, like he used that term, then you're expecting a return on that investment. And so, yes, it takes money to get a business up and running, hopefully not 30 to $50 million, but it be, eventually you're expecting to get a return on that investment. So, yeah, it is kind of debt. It's money that, that the, the people invested want to get back at some point somehow. Uh, but yeah, he should have been talking to the supporters from the beginning. I mean, as as we've all mentioned multiple times, a club is nothing but its supporters. Uh, without those fans at the game, there's no game. Yeah, and the funniest thing was that like people were like, "Are we going to play in 2017? Are we going to play? Are we going to play?" 
And he says that for us as the Cosmos, playing in a seven-team league, potentially you need to make decisions now. You can't wait until February, March to see if you're kicking a ball in April. It's a business decision you have to take now. That's not an option for us. So it looks like we're not going to play in 2017 in the NASL. But a cool fact is that we haven't withdrawn as a member of the NASL as a whole, as an investment. So uh, maybe him with other teams put all this money into the league like we have uh, Tom Fath and his brother in FC Edmonton who say that they are going to play 2017 in the NASL. Puerto Rico, who it's been reported that they are not going to join USL because USL doesn't want them to join the league because of geographical reasons. Um, Indy 11 are invested in the NASL until probably it becomes D3, which some people are saying that's 99% uh, until we get our waiver, which I think would save a lot of clubs. Uh, I think it would sort of help U.S. soccer because since we don't have or if if the USL are granted Division Two, I think U.S. soccer is going down the drain from from 2017 on because there is not going to be a league in this country that's going to compete uh, with MLS that sort of want to change the status quo. And I really feel that NASL is that league. And once it dies, which I don't think it will, and there was a great article posted on Twitter that the NASL could survive if they are a D3 league, which I think they could, but you're not going to be drawing in these massive clubs that want to compete and like people are saying, like, well, what's the difference between D two and, and D three? Well, it's you're not going to get as much sponsors and maybe different TV deals and things like that. But we want our team to stay around, and we want to see the NASL stay around for a very long time. Well, I could I could see the NASL being a sixteen D three league next year, and. Uh, I'm not exactly sure who those six teams would be. Um, I'm not sure even those teams would have any idea because I know there's a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes uh, negotiating to put teams in USL or not teams in USL or, or, or whatever. Um, I saw the, today the Jacksonville released all their players, you know, terminated all those contracts. And that, that is either a uh, we're going to clean house and start over or we're going to USL, so we've got to have new contracts. with. And you know they may announce next week they're going to USL and they sign every single one of those players to a contract, but I, I could totally see a, a, a six-team Division Three league that is the remnants of the NASL, maybe without the Cosmos. Maybe the Cosmos say, yeah, we'll, just, we'll take a year off. We'll be back. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a, a, an article about how, how the, the Cosmos could be the, the Harlem Globetrotters of soccer. I, personally, I think that would be absolutely awful, but you know, maybe you could do that for a year. Sign a few players, let, let some of your young players play, get as many... Uh, um, Get as many exhibitions as, as as you can, both in New York and just all over the world, and just you know go take advantage of that brand name, which actually means something, and and see what you can do, and then come back in 2018 with a, a much larger, reestablished NASL that might still be Division Three, but you know in this country, Division One, Division Two, II, Division Three doesn't really mean what it means in the rest of the world. Maybe mm-hmm. NASL is still trying to compete with MLS. May have already won the war, but they're at the very least they're winning the battle. Yeah, with with um, the NASL and with Jacksonville, it was reported that they released all their players, and then it was sort of confirmed later that they did not release all their players. They only released five players. So, um, and then there's also a rule that 
the NASL contracts don't mean anything to the USL. They have to sign different contracts. So uh, that's pretty shocking as well. I don't know where that rule came in from. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how that works. I, I, I you know, you, your contract. I guess you know, if you, if you're in MLS, your contract's with the league. Um, but if you're in NASL, your contract's with the club. Maybe with USL, your contract has to be with the league as well. If, I, I'm not sure how all that works. That's that's for lawyers to figure out. But um, but but is, that's weird because they're not a closed league. You know what I mean? They're not a closed league. But but they they're not they're not set up the same way as the MLS NFL. is okay. in terms of being a closed league. But they have their own specific rules, and that may be one of them. You know, if you work if you if you play in the NFL, your paycheck doesn't say Atlanta Falcons. It says NFL. Mm-hmm. So you know maybe that's maybe that's you know. What they the way they want to do it. I, I I don't know much about the USL. It's not something I've paid a whole lot of attention to. I don't really think half of uh, US soccer fans have really until oh. probably when they get granted D two. Right? They're going to be on yeah. ESPN, according to some people. They're going to be on Sirius XM FC. They're going to have a weekly show. Well, they made it right, and they're only Division two, yeah. and they're a minor league. Yeah. That's what I can't understand: is how can you have a league Division two on ESPN? And you're gonna get more fans following a minor league. It's like turning on, uh, like the MLB Network and watching like Single A. You know what I mean? That that's insane. Yeah. Why would you do that? I I don't know. I, I I think they are setting themselves up to be MLS two. Even without ProRail, I think they're setting themselves up to be the minor league setup for MLS. But and do you, do you think there comes I, a day where they say, "Well, thanks MLS for helping us out." And now we want to sort of compete with you. Do you think that's ever going to come up their sleeves? No, I don't. No. I, I think there's a long-term plan to make USL subservient to MLS and, and keep it that way. Yeah, uh, and, I think having all those B teams in, in that league is part of it. Because mm-hmm. those teams are in a the league, they get a vote on the board and they get a say in how things are run. And, and they're making sure that USL is going to be below MLS all the time. And I had this conversation on Twitter with uh, someone, I forgot what his name was on Twitter, but I was trying to make this argument and saying that USL, when they are trying to accept these NASL teams, they're going to accept teams that make sense for them. They're not just going to go out there and say, okay, we'll take all the NASL teams if that's what's going to happen because this person was saying that they should take the strikers already, but maybe they want to pick Miami FC or maybe they don't want to... Uh, go into a market where there's going to be an MLS team there or something like that. So USL, I think they have more thoughts behind how they want to expand. But the NASL was more like we're going to compete and we're going to be in MLS markets. We're going to be in all these markets and we don't care who's there. USL along with MLS have very specific um, markets that they are looking for. And they also have rules about the markets. You know, one of the things that, that kind of irked me about the, um, the what the Rowdies are trying to do is that Orlando owns that market. Mm-hmm. Orlando's on local TV in Tampa, in the Tampa Bay area. So uh, Rowdies want to go to MLS. They need Orlando's permission to do it. Very similar to how, um, wow. what was it, 10, 12 years ago when the Washington Nationals moved from the moved from Montreal. They weren't on local TV for a long time because the Baltimore Orioles said, no, you can't. They have antitrust exemption, which soccer doesn't have, but... Within the context of the MLS, within the context of that league, if 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 Orlando says no, you're not going to MLS. Well, then they're not going to MLS. And Bill Edwards is like, you got to talk the, about it. You got to make it trending on Twitter or whatever. Yeah, that's irrelevant. That's absolutely irrelevant. 
It, it will not have any say whatsoever in whether or not the Rowdies be MLS. Bill Edwards has got to have plot down the money to, to be an MLS. He's a billionaire, and yeah, I don't know if he's going to spend the $100 million, or maybe now it's like $200 million, right? $300 million? <laughs> It depends, yeah. And what's, what's it going to be? Because some, sometime next week or so, Don Garber's going to uh, talk about you know the next round of, of expansion. Now that there are all these teams clamoring to get in, some of which probably have no chance, like like um, the, the now former Railhawks, the NC North Carolina FC. I think oh, what a terrible name. Um, you know, in the, in Raleigh, really, there's already a group in Charlotte that wants to do it. Who's he's going to take Charlotte? He's going to take Charlotte before he takes Raleigh. It's a better market, even if the guy who owns the uh, the rail, the former Railhawks, even if he has the cash to put it to, to put it down, Charlotte's a bigger, better market. The biggest thing is so, that does he stay in NESL or do you think he aligns to the USL probably, right? Um, I'm pretty sure he's one of those teams that's looking to get into USL as quickly as possible. And and if you were USL, you would you would want them. I think it's a, a well-run, well-funded organization. And especially so, on their know. new ownership, they're doing well. So Yeah. yeah. Uh, so going back to the New York Cosmos, Don Garber said no third New York team. He didn't want to have anything about it. Uh, and this was all being talked about to the media before MLS Cup which over 3 million people saw on Fox so insane I don't know how they drew 3 million people watching that game it's crazy and they compared it to like um, like a match on B in sports I think it was El Clasico how can you compare El Clasico on a network where you have to pay uh, to watch to Fox, where anyone could watch that channel. You know what I mean? Like, how can you do that? It's crazy. It's getting in the way of your opinion. Come on, man. Yeah, you know, so... Of, of course, it's you're comparing apples and oranges when you compare uh, a Saturday morning or early Saturday afternoon match on BN Sports, which very few, you know, relatively people get, to a primetime Fox Network broadcast on a Saturday night. You know, it's... Put the, put the MLS game on BN Sports in the middle of the afternoon, and it gets terrible ratings. Put El Clasico in prime time on Fox and it's it's going to compete with any sport we have in this country. And they even compared it to uh the Champions League final as well, uh which was sad. Uh and I think they beat uh the Champions League final as well. But the thing about MLS <coughs> Cup is that on their broadcast they were sort of trying to get brand new fans and they were trying to sort of like explain the sport and, and explain how the league works and things like that. So it was more of being on Fox and having three million probably brand new fans in a way uh, to sort of explain. in other words they were being Fox they were treating you like you do nothing about the sport this is a soccer ball and yeah 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 like halftime they rule. talked to Don Garber and they were like oh can you explain this to some fans that don't know anything about it or whatever like they were trying to say so uh, yeah they they were trying to sort of uh, like we said last week have a book about soccer for dummies that was on Fox News at, at halftime on MLS Cup. So enjoy that, people. Uh, Three million people got to see that. Well, what a joke. Uh, but <laughs> Seamus O'Brien says about MLS, he's, he says that he's never ruled out anything. So, wow. And then he says that we're not going to go to USL because he doesn't think New York deserves a third division team. Uh, so it's either NASL stays around and we're in, in the NASL in 2018 because it doesn't look like we're going to play in 2017 or uh, he joins MLS and probably gets a couple more investors on board. Didn't they just win USL? Didn't Red Bull 2 just win USL? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he was trying to say that he thinks 
uh, New York doesn't deserve probably like a high profile uh, third well, division. That's, that's, like, I think what he means is the, the Cosmos Mo- don't want to be considered third division, and and he's right; they shouldn't be. Yeah, mm-hmm. but 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 uh, and doesn't NYCFC have a, a a USL team or do they just have one of those have an affiliation? But the funniest part about NYCFC is that they are going to have a, uh, a USL team in Long Island. Uh, they already have a team called the Long Island Rough Riders, but they're going to move uh-huh. to the USL. And the person that runs that team says that Long Island is not a market for a major league team. So I read that as he was taking a shot at the New York Cosmos. Um, yeah, and. And he was trying to say that, oh, we need, like, a minor league team. So in Long Island, you're going to have the Islanders minor league team. You're going to have the Brooklyn Nets D-League team. And you're going to have NYCFC's D-League team. Enjoy, Long Island. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so it's pretty sad in U.S. soccer at the moment as a Cosmo supporter. Uh, but some people have experienced this as well, and it's getting sad, especially in Jacksonville. Like we said, uh, five players got released. And it looks like they're going to USL. I heard that they already uh, fired some front office staff as well. Um, so potentially Jacksonville to USL. Strikers, reportedly, uh, and this was going around Twitter this morning, and this is the problem with soccer Twitter or sort of lower division Twitter at the moment, is don't believe everyone talking uh, about what's going on and don't believe everything as well. Uh, because the same guy, Pedro Heiser, said that the Cosmos seized operations like two weeks ago, and that didn't happen. And then this morning he said that the strikers sold the team already, and they're going to talk to players tomorrow about who they want to keep. I talked to my own source, and he confirmed and said that that's not true, and he said that uh, the owners, or the new owners, which is the PSG group, they are still interested in buying the club, and they're talking to the USL at the moment. Uh, but then he also said that uh, the USL uh, can pick and choose because they they don't oh, yeah. have to pick the strikers. Um, yeah. So if and quite honestly, I don't think they should. If if Miami FC wants to be in there, I think that's a stronger organization with with better ownership. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think it would be better for the league since I think we've essentially given up on Beckham and and you know whatever they're calling, whatever he's calling his team. Beckham, Beckham FC. United. Yeah, Beckham FC. And <laughs> I actually thought he was actually going to call his team Beckham FC, to be honest with you. Um, because that would have been appropriate. Yeah, he strikes me as that type of guy. Uh, he's like, oh, what do we call the team? Oh, Miami FC is gone. Let's call it Beckham FC. Sell some more mm-hmm. tickets and some more shirts and stuff. Uh, but, yeah, so USL holds the cards for all expansion clubs. They don't have to accept the Strikers because what's interesting is that the Strikers are 30 minutes away from Miami, right? So you have some fans that uh, support both teams, that care about both teams, that want to see both teams strive and and do good. And then you have both teams of supporters that, that just don't care about each other. And I really don't see how the USL picks both teams. Maybe they would do that because they want to see like a rivalry with the Rowdies and with the Strikers and Miami. Maybe they want to bring that in because the NASL, even though they had too many Florida teams, like what was it, like four teams, four, four or five teams. Yeah. And Puerto Rico right there, essentially five. Yeah, so USL holds all the cards. Uh, they don't have mm-hmm. to pick a certain team, which nope. is a sad reality. But U.S. soccer should pressure them. If they get Division Two. 
why don't they say you have to take all the teams because where are these teams going to fall? Well, it, it, they would cease to exist, and I don't think U.S. soccer cares if those teams are going out of business. I, I haven't seen anybody from U.S. soccer show any concern for the what's going on in the Cosmos. You know, it's it's a business. It's nothing personal. I really think it is uh, because Don Garber came out midweek and said, uh, we didn't hurt the Cosmos. I really forgot how he put it, but I'm paraphrasing here. He said that it wasn't our fault that the Cosmos went down like they did. Well, yeah, of course. And that's that's going to be, that's you know, that's the story he wants you to believe. But the structure of the sport is basically determined by MLS. Therefore, yeah, it was. It, you know, okay, maybe you can argue they've made some bad decisions. And lost some battles that, that they needed to win, like the the, the business model or the, the direction the NASO going, or that's the stadium proposal in Belmont, you know, all that stuff. They lost some battles they needed to win, but you know, ultimately, yes, yeah, the structure of the sport that was the problem. And um, someone tweeted out during a week that MLS spend the most money to lobby against the New York Cosmos Stadium. So, Don Garber, uh, if I ever talk to you, I would tell you that it is your fault, or uh-huh. It was one thing that you did that, okay, maybe it didn't directly hurt the Cosmos to foul, uh, but it was just one of the things that led to uh, the current team going down the drain. Yeah, it was a major factor. It was, it was, but you know, the the decline of the league, the the poor direction of the league, maybe even you know, you could argue the poor leadership. Mm-hmm. You know, you could point some fingers at Bill Peterson saying. You know, you, you made some statements and you made some made some decisions in the last few years that ultimately have come home to roost. And now there's probably not a league, but if there is, it's going to be D three and it's going to be, you know, six teams. It's going to be you know unnoticeable in the soccer landscape, basically. And that's the sad part is that a lot of people want to sort of call people out and say, "This guy did bad. That guy did bad. This guy did didn't do what he was supposed to do." I'm not talking about Bill Peterson, but people within the Cosmos organization. But how can you say that if you don't really know what went on in that office? Yeah. Uh, people are calling, say, like the front office out and saying this guy did something wrong or Seamus messed up. He did mess up. But I really think the problem was that he wasn't here on the ground seeing what was going on. He was flying around the world high on life until he saw that he was $50 million in debt. But he confirmed and says he's not in debt. So, like, really, who do you believe? Um, I don't think it really matters, to be perfectly honest. I mean, it, it, are we ever really going to know the financials of the Cosmos? Probably not. Nope. But not, it's soccer. It's not like a club that's producing, you know, financial reports. And one of the things I get from Pompey on a regular basis is, here's, you know, here's the last quarter. Here's our statement. Here's what we spent our money on. Here's our revenue. Here's everything. I can go through, and I've done it a couple times just out of curiosity, how much are they making on concessions? How much are they making on parking? What are they paying the players? What are they paying the front office staff? All that stuff is publicly available information to members of the club. But are the Cosmos ever going to do that? No. So we're we're never really going to know which one we're supposed to believe. How much was the average uh, wage? Um, do you know off the top of your head? Um, average wage for League Two for, for this season um, – Think of it off the top of my head, because they usually express it in terms of per week. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. There are um, average wage probably 
seven, eight thousand pounds a, a week. Hmm. Um, sounds pretty good. No, 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 wait a minute. No, that's per month. No. <laughs> well, it sounds so, like they're getting ripped so off. Whatever. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it's league two. It's, so, it's, it's league two. Yeah. You know, you're not, you're, these are young players, um, looking to, to climb up the ladder. And this, as the revenue goes up, if you, if you get promoted, then you're, you know, your contracts, you're, you're going to get compensated more. But I mean, they're making a living. This is the only thing these people are doing. It's not like when in the fifth or sixth division where you got a part time job and you're playing, playing footy on the weekend, you know. So, but yeah, yeah, you're, you got a team that's averaging 16,000 at the gate. Um, and those, all those people coming in buying food and jerseys and, and all that stuff. So, you know, the revenue right now is pretty good. Yeah, you guys are making a profit. The cost are, but the cost will go up. Yeah. So where do you guys stand in the table? Are you going to get promoted or no? Uh, currently sitting fourth in the table, uh, which is the the highest of the playoff spots, four through seven are the, are the four playoff spots. Uh, made the playoffs last year, but lost in the first, lost at, at the first one to uh, Plymouth. Uh, that's that's the two-legged semifinal, if you will, and then the winner that goes to Wembley to play uh, for the automatic promotion spot. So, um, haven't played particularly well defensively, but um, got some money to spend next month. So hopefully, hopefully they can uh, uh, shore that up a little bit, and then ought to be really ought to be uh, in contention for one of the automatic playoff spots. The top three go up automatically. Do they reveal the transfer budget that they have? Like, oh. Paul, we have X amount to spend in January. Do they re- reveal that or no? Um, it's not worded that specifically, but okay. yeah, basically there's there's here's here's the budget kind of. Um, here's what we have. Here's what we look, what we think we can spend. Um, they're they're being very cautious about it. To the members of the club is is very important because everybody, mm-hmm. you know, there are thousands of people looking at those numbers, and and those those are the people that vote for board members. So they're looking at those numbers very closely and saying, you know, this is a good idea. This is a bad idea. I'm going to support you, but or I'm not going to support this guy or whatever. So um, that it, that feedback from those from that community is very very important. Yeah, I really hope Pompey gets promoted, Paul. I I, I really hope so. Uh, oh, I do too. I'm tired of listening to him on the radio. <laughs> I listen to him every Saturday morning on the radio on my phone, and and uh, I'd like to be able to watch them play. I get to see them play about once a season. Imagine they won the FA Cup this year. It'd be insane. Oh no, they've already actually already been knocked out of the FA Cup. Oh, my apologies. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, because you know when you're playing league in League One and League Two, there are three cup competitions. Oh yeah, it's the, the Cup, EFL the Cup, Cup. And whatever they call the Johnstone Paint Trophy uh-huh. now. Mm-hmm. Um, that one that that they allowed the the B team for for Premier League and Championship teams into, and there was a group stage, and uh, Poppy got fined for not playing their strongest teams. Um, got fined, wow. but they were, but yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you don't play your strongest team, you're going to get fined. So we didn't play our strongest team, so we got fined more than anybody else in the division, mainly because we had the largest stadium and the largest crowd, and so therefore the largest revenue. So they figured they could find us and it'd be okay. But we we're like, you know, whatever. We we are we need to get promoted. That's that's the focus this year. I remember reading somewhere recently that like the England national team, they signed. Uh, the biggest, I think it was kit deal. I think it was. I don't know if you saw it, but I forgot how much the the FA got. But the English FA are run so great. Maybe not like on the field, but as a business, they bring in so much money. Uh, mm-hmm. 
but maybe you could say the same about U.S. soccer. But if you look at it, we're run as a non-for-profit, uh, but you got MLS, Soccer United Marketing, Don Garber, Sunil Galati, and people at the Federation most likely pocketing some money, don't you think so? Well, you know, Don Garber's invested into Soccer United Marketing, so you know he's getting those profits. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, they, they, they said last week, I think it was, that U.S. soccer has $100 million in cash reserves, which makes me say, well, then why aren't you paying the women more? You can afford to. Yeah, they're saying, well... should be telling that. Well, the women don't uh, bring in so much money, but... No, they did. Last year, they brought in more than the men. No, no, no. They play all those friendlies. But that was their argument. That was why they weren't getting paid as much as they wanted to. Well, no, that was their argument in years past, but last year, 2016, they brought in more revenue than the men. But where so, did you hear the thing where uh, U.S. soccer has over $100 million? I, I read it in somebody's report of what uh, Galati was talking about hmm, sometime wow. last week. I'll have to go back and find that tweet. But, yeah, it said it had $100 million in cash reserves. I'm saying, well, and, okay, <laughs> what good is that doing us? I forgot what year it was, but I read that U.S. Soccer closed down their Hall of Fame uh, because of financial issues, and that was in upstate New York. Um, I don't, I don't know if they're building one in Dallas. Yeah, they're building one in in, in Dallas. Well, in, in suburban Dallas, where where, where FC Dallas plays, I can't. Um, but that's going to be a, a soccer Hall of Fame. Yeah, it's basically going to be the MLS Hall of Fame. Come on! Soccer history started in 1996 in this country, don't you know? No, it started, if MLS people don't know, it started with the old NASL, no, right? Yeah. Oh, it started long before that. You know, go look at Ted's Ted's tweets. You know, he's got tweets from 100 years ago of professional soccer in this country. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But um, but U.S. Soccer, the Federation, MLS, they don't want to acknowledge our very, very great uh, past. Even, no, no, even NYCFC, when they first launched, and I th think it was their first night playing, they released a video on social media about Pelé, and they were saying that uh, he played in the city, but they never acknowledged what team they played for in New York. Well, of course not. Well, They're first like, of all, if they used the name, they probably would have had to pay royalties or pay you know pay rights to be able to use that name. But but, but sure why doesn't the Cosmos sue him? Why don't the Cosmos sue them and say, why did you use that? You're not even part of our brand. It, it, it looks petty for NYCFC, for MLS, to to say, uh, you know, here's soccer history in the country, but we're not going to talk about those teams or that league or, you know, what happened before World War II or, you know, we're, we're not going to talk about any of that stuff. You know, we're just going to talk about us. It's it's like it's self-promotion, not their place in the game in this country in history. And and But that's, that's, that's MLS. I mean, you know, it's all about MLS. And the MLS supporters believe that too, uh, which is the saddest yeah, thing. Some do, some do. Yeah, it is very. It's very sad. I mean, it doesn't. It, it's not difficult to use Google and learn about soccer history in this country. But they don't want to do that. It's they choose. They don't care about the pyramid. They only care about their league, uh, which you can see all the yeah. three million people care about their league and nothing else. Uh, they mm. rather see other clubs fail, people lose their jobs, players get released, fans ruined for life, right? But they're happy about what they're doing, and they yep. think they're making the sport better in this country. Every move they make, they're making the sport worse in this country. 
because there's no competition. So you would have a competitive D2 league. Now you're, you're going to have a non-competitive D2 league, which you have MLS young players that want to make it on a, an MLS roster. That's the only thing that they care about is performing well so they can get promoted to their major league team. But they don't care about the city that they're playing in. They don't care about winning a trophy. They don't care about anything. All they care about is playing in MLS. MLS has a responsibility to produce world-class players so we can compete for World Cups. And they're not they're not doing that, and they're not going to do that until the competition, the level of competition rises. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. You know, for all of Klinsman's faults, he was absolutely correct on that and, and stepped on a lot of toes because of that. And had he kept winning, he'd still be employed. But, you know, you lose a few games here and there, and and you stepped on your boss's toes, you, you lose your job. That's the way that works in pretty much any business. So, but, do you, but, he, but he's right. you you got to produce world-class players, and, and MLS is not, and is not set up to, and frankly, I don't think ever is going to. I think this is a league that is built on sand. It's not built on a solid foundation. And so it's just a matter of time before people say, you know, maybe we're not doing this right. Maybe we need to change something. I hope that's happening now. It's a really sad thing because um, when you think back sort of to the history and and how much success they had, and when you think back, there were just fans that went to go see the game because Pelé came and they were paying him $5 million. They didn't know who he was or anything about the sport. They were just coming because this was like the next big thing. And then you have people here today, and they don't care nothing about what's going on in this country. They don't care about the false things that are coming out uh, about sort of Don Garber and MLS and and um, things going on with the Cosmos as well. Like, I think I talked about this last week, but media outlets are reporting that we're dead, we're done, we're finished. We're not finished yet, guys. We're not done. Hopefully, something uh, will come up in the next couple of weeks, hopefully. Because uh, I really think Seamus O'Brien needs to sort of have some type of like, let's call it like a town hall meeting or something where he comes together and says, he talks to the fans and he says, we're going to do this. This is our plan. We want to do this. It can change, but Seamus sort of uh, communicate with the fans of what's the future of the team. Is there going to be a bright future? If not, sell the team on. Let someone else uh, get the baton and and sort of uh, ride the cosmos and just go further yeah. and, and hopefully bring the name up a bit more. It's really sad because the cosmos are the biggest name in U.S. soccer. Uh, they really yeah. are. And, and they're too big for U.S. soccer. They can't really stay around in a league because of the biggest names that they have to bring in, and there's no way you can have a stable uh, team uh, because you have to uh, be this massive club. And that's not a bad thing. Uh, well, it is if it if it means you kill a, he's constantly going out of business. Well, I, yeah. I think the way the sport is structured, mm-hmm. the Cosmos aren't going to work. Um, but, I mean, you look at other examples of teams in other sports that are, that are huge. You know, you look at the Yankees, you look at the Cowboys. They're doing fine because mm-hmm. the sport is structured for them to do what they need to do to be the Yankees or to be, you know, the, the Cowboys for you know, whoever, you know, I don't follow the NFL that much, but I know Cowboys are doing really well this year, but you know, they, they can do what they need to do. You know, Jerry Jones didn't have any trouble building that stadium. 
that huge palace. Cosmos yeah. had trouble building the stadium because they had a league actively campaigning for them to not be allowed to, to build it. Yankees didn't have any trouble building a stadium. They seem to be having a little trouble building a soccer stadium, though. Can't even find land for for their soccer team to play on. But but the sport yeah. is structured in such a way that those teams can be the big brand that they are. But the sport in this country is not structured so that the Cosmos could be that big brand. They can't go to MLS because MLS would then own the name Cosmos and it, it would not be it, it would be just one team. They, they would kind of be selling their soul just to exist mm-hmm. and not really being the Cosmos. But there's not, an, there's not another option for them to do the sport at the highest level. So they're kind of, you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't. Well, you can make another argument, right? And I'm just playing sort of devil's advocate here. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe Miami FC owner Ricardo Silva comes in, the NASL goes out of business, and they, and they come together and start their own league. I could totally see a, a, another league coming out of the ashes of the NESL. You know, you pick cherry pick the the ownership groups that are that are doing well. You know, you got you got Miami, you got Indy, you got the Cosmos. Uh, apparently, Edmonton's doing all right. Um, you know, but I mean, that's four teams. You, you're going to need a lot more than four teams to make it work. So, how long does it take you to get another few teams? You know, and Bill Peterson says every year, "Oh, we're talking to 40 organizations." <laughs> Maybe you are. But how many of those forty organizations actually turn into another club? One or two? You can have four teams, and then all the bad press. Oh, I'm going to USL, or I'm going to MPSL, or whatever. You know what I mean? So those four people can be like, I'm not investing in soccer anymore. I'm going to hockey, or, or whatever they want to do. But yeah, yeah. Um, lower division soccer uh, is is really insane. Especially with everything going on, I feel like more people actually care about it now, uh, mm-hmm. and they want to sort of understand sort of what's going on. And uh, the one thing that I don't like, and we're just going to end the show here, is that uh, I was watching Bill Edwards' uh, sort of sort of speech last week, or well, was it last week? No, like two weeks ago or whatever. And it was last week. Yeah, yeah. Early last so Monday or Tuesday. They made this massive announcement, the biggest thing in in club history, and they went to MLS, or he announced that they want to go to MLS, and he was talking about a stadium, and they released the renderings, and uh-huh. it's great seeing a brand new stadium that w- would want to be built in the future, but he said that it's all contingent on MLS, right? And yeah, he's right. Yeah, but that's it where is. that's where I think we're sort of. Uh, not understanding the sport in this country is that if you are a billionaire, right, and you want to build uh, a proper soccer club from the ground up, not saying we're going to put a team together tomorrow and saying we want to join MLS, and then we don't have $200 million, and then we're going to get whoever has that kind of money in our city, and we're going to join MLS, and we're going to do well and make money. Uh the right way is to build your club up from the ground up, have an academy, build your own stadium. And I know it's hard to do, but Bill Edwards is loved in that city. He can build a brand new stadium tomorrow if he was in like NPSL. You know what I mean? So yeah. right. we need – that was just just a joke, but I, <laughs> I, I, I was just trying to say that – in this country, we need to stop saying, what league are you playing in? So 
I can't support you or you can't develop as a team or you can't build a stadium. Why can't he build an 18,000-seat stadium? He's drawing 9,000 people. Why can't you have – or why can't you build a smaller stadium if you're not going to get MLS? Well, it's – you know, why, why can't you build an 18,000-seat stadium? Because it would be stupid of him to do so unless they were in the top flight because, unfortunately, the way the sport is structured, people – most people only care about MLS. And so they're not going to go watch the Rowdies. They're going to go watch the MLS Rowdies. And if only if MLS teams are coming to town, when when the strikers come to town for an NASL game, sure they get nine thousand, but they're not going to get eighteen thousand if they had an eighteen thousand seat stadium. And he's a billionaire; he's not stupid. He he built his money because he made smart business decisions, and spending that kind of money building a stadium is such a bad idea. He wouldn't even consider it because he knows that he's not an MLS. He's not going to fill it up. He's throwing money away. My argument was really for sort of like the future of the game is that's where I want to see it going. Um, Sure. But like at the moment, I understand why people want to go to MLS. I don't like MLS. I don't agree with what they stand for. Uh, But you have to sort of look at it two ways and say, this is where I want to see the game go. And I want to see more educated owners investing in in the sport. Um, But then I understand why they want to go to MLS because they want to be on the map. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they want to be yeah. successful. You want to, you want to be on the map. You got to be in MLS and that's the way it's structured right now. We're trying to change it, but not succeeding a whole lot here lately. Yeah. It's not going to take me and Paul. Uh, it's going to take probably thousands and thousands and thousands oh, yeah. of more people uh, to protest and to say, we don't want MLS or like what Detroit city said. Mm-hmm. MLS came to their city, or some billionaires, and Don Garber flew there, and thankfully they didn't meet him at the airport like they did in uh, Cincinnati. In Cincinnati, yeah. That was a complete joke. Uh, complete joke. Meeting Don Garber at the airport. What the hell, man? You don't even meet, like, your mayor at the airport. You meet Don Garber, but whatever. But um, uh, Detroit City FC, they said, we don't want MLS. We don't want to be controlled by billionaires. Uh, and And that goes to show you that that's a smart supporters group and a smart club. And I really don't know if the team said anything about that. It was just the supporters, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't think there was anything official from the actual club. I really don't think they have the money either because that's why they're in the NPSL. Oh, no. They, they, they don't have the money to get to MLS and, and don't want to. Yeah, um, they want to build their club up, right? Unfortunately, what they're what they're they're going to come up against in a way the same ceiling the Cosmos did. It doesn't matter how successful you are at the NPSL level; that's as far as you're going, unless you got a lot of money. And with fewer options above them, with the apparent demise of the NASL, they have fewer choices now. You're going to get in bed with the MLS USL alignment, or you're going to stay in the NPSL and you know play your five or six home games a year, and that's you know that good for you. But that's it. But don't you think those fans, like, okay, so it's probably going to look more like the Atlanta market because they might have that NPSL team and then a, a MLS team potentially might go there if those billionaires, because those billionaires would probably start a new team tomorrow and, and j- just bring uh, brand new fans in the door that don't want to be a part of a, a fourth division team. Uh, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're totally right. The billionaire comes in and he starts a team and sells 30,000 season tickets like the, like they've done here in Atlanta and builds a, builds a stadium that's you know a splash that everybody's going to say, oh, I want to go watch a game there. Um, 
uh, okay, you know, yeah, that's going to attract people that are not the hardcore soccer community there in Detroit. But what I'm trying to say uh, is that you're not going to lose those fans as Detroit City FC because, like, you have in Atlanta, you had, like, the former Silverback fans saying, well, they're done and they're in the NPSL. I don't care about them. I'm going to support Arthur Blank and what he's trying to do. So well, yeah, some, some of them will. Some of them in Detroit will. They'll, they'll you know, their head gets turned by something that's shinier and flashier. You know, you got your nice car that does what you need to do and somebody drives by in a Porsche, you, you, you look, you're like, hey, that's a nice car. You know, that's kind of what happens there. Yeah, there there are a lot of you know Silverbacks fans or former Silverbacks fans or whatever that they said, yeah, I'm gonna go watch United. You know, go buy season tickets and watch United. Well, okay, all right, I I, I understand that. Um, having grown up in a, in in a city with a, a minor league baseball team, I understand that. Oh, here's the major league team, or I now live in a major league city, so I'm not gonna pay any attention to that Double A baseball team that I grew up watching. You know, okay, I, I get that. I, I just I would rather it be modeled like the rest of the world, where that Double A baseball team has a chance to become a major league team in your city because it's a part of your your city, your community. Yeah. So, it like we said, hopefully Detroit City stays around and there's still an NPSL team. They're doing well. There's no competition in MLS, but if there is, competition is a good thing, and it makes well. It is a good thing for the sport, but it's really not good for the lower division clubs. Mm, it's killing us right now. Yeah, it's killing my Cosmos. It killed your Silverbacks, or yeah, it's it, it sort of did, right? Uh, mm -hmm. It it's killing, or it might kill the Strikers, maybe. Uh, yep. Because they might not be going to USL if they say no. So. Well, in this case, for any of those NASL teams right now that are looking at USL, USL can just say, "Yeah, we're not interested in you. Thanks, bye." And and then what? And that's when you say, okay, we're going to put eight teams together and we're going to go start our new league tomorrow. Uh -huh. yeah. yeah, it's going to happen. I'm telling you that because th there's no way you can stay around forever for like 100 more years and just have D2 USL. Insane. I think it's crazy, but I, it wouldn't surprise me if that's the goal. The end, the end result of, of what they're trying to build in MLS is, is major league and minor league. They're of the film MILS minor league soccer. The USL will change their name. And there you go. I understand that MLS wants to have like a path to to be a pro, but have it not so close to competition wise. Have it like like in the fourth division. Why can't you be the third, fourth division league? Why can't the USL be a fourth division league next to uh, PDL and? NPSL. Well, they have. They already have PTL. There's, there's your, there's your fourth division for them. I guess they would move up to Division Three. I, I don't know, or State Division Four. There would be no Division Three. Which... But why don't you just throw your eleven reserve teams in the PDL and just end this? Because then you'd lose all your influence in USL. Because MLS doesn't own USL, but they have so many teams in there that they can have a big say in what happens in that league. That's one of the purposes of having those teams in that league. It also gives them a, a higher level of competition and more teams that are relatively close by cut sound travel costs. And, you know, but but remember, ultimately MLS it's a business. It's not it's not a sport. It's a business. They're they're in it to make money. They're in it to make control, and they're playing the long game here, and they're winning at it right now. Yeah, their goal is to control the pyramid, and uh, they're winning. Don Garber has nine votes on the board. Um, they're killing yep. leagues left, right, and center, um, and they're helping USL stay around forever, uh, being an irrelevant league. 
<laughs> and I know tons of people on Twitter are going to come at me um, and be like, oh, I'm a USL fan. Why are you talking about this, about my league or whatever, but whatever. Um, but uh, we have a, a Twitter question at work underscore Paul, same name as our co-host right here. Uh, he says, uh-huh. is it better to sit out a year or play D3, assuming that's their only option uh, for the Cosmos? Paul, what do you think? It's uh, Would it be better to sit out a year? And depends on what they're coming back to. I um, think they should just sit out that year and just see what happens. Yeah, well, I, I think I, I'm pretty sure that, that you know they're they're all burning up to phone lines right now, trying to put things together and see what can what can happen. But um, I just I hate to see them not play because you you lose a lot of that momentum. You you lose some fans. You lose you lose all you know all sorts of things. But but, uh, but if they can come back with a strong league in 2018. That's you know eight, ten, twelve teams, whatever. Then yeah, I think taking a year off would be a good idea. But what's the point of wasting money, right? Wasting time, wasting your fans' time. Like what Seamus said is that we're going to be playing like a six-team league, a seven, eight-team league. That's something that they don't want to be a part of. But wouldn't you sort of want to be a part of that? Uh, because where? Because the issue is where do you play in twenty eighteen? If today USL is saying we don't want you, but as we know, things can change in in a year. The USL oh, yeah. can say, "Oh yeah, we want you now. We're gonna become a better league now." Or, for example, maybe MLS says, "Oh yeah, we want a thirteen, even though I don't want them to go to MLS." Every single Cosmo supporter has their own sort of vision and plan of where they want to see the team going in the future. Um, but my thoughts is, or my vision that I want to see is them take a year off which I would be sad and, and I would be sort of mad not see them go play uh, in the summer uh, but uh-huh. if they would have an academy going which what I'm hearing is that's what they've been told that there might be an academy or, or there will be an academy until Seamus says some more things about it uh, but if they can have an academy going for 2017 and maybe I don't know continue having that team in NPSL maybe having that as your B team, uh, and then you come in in 2018 and you have that infrastructure, you have uh, some youth coming, because that's what happened before. They had a, a academy, and then Seamus came in, and then he bought the team. So maybe that's uh, the way they're going to do it this way. History repeats itself, Paul. Mm, it's yep. it, it's true. It's true, guys. Another question from Nipun. He says, if you have the resources to buy the Cosmos, we all wish we did, uh, what would you do with the club in the next two years? Detailed plan, please, uh, Paul. <laughs> detailed plan. So I'm going to make up a detailed plan off the top of my head here. Okay, so if you had or if you were a billionaire, um, uh-huh. what yeah, would you do yeah. with the Cosmos? Uh-huh. Man, um, frankly, if I was a billionaire, I'd, I'd start like eight teams all over the country. And I don't care what, what division – you know, U.S. or U.S. U.S. Soccer says I am. I'd start start that, and then find investors to get me another eight teams in the Midwest or whatever. But yeah, I, I think you, I think you'd have to start a new league, and I think you'd have to start from scratch. And, and if you're a billionaire, you know, do it yourself, and then and then find other and say, okay, all right, now seven of these teams are for sale. I'm going to keep this one here in my hometown, but the other seven teams are for sale. Here's what I've established, and you may have to run it for three or four years to make it work. You know, establish at that grassroots level, and just you know, 
Don't pay attention to what U.S. Soccer says. Oh, you're calling us D4? Whatever. So if, if you have the money, you would uh, buy the Cosmos, then uh, start your own league, and then and, uh, put other teams in the league. So like with Traffic Sports, they with the NASL. Um, yeah. And just prop up the league in a way, and then sell those teams. Um, and yeah, I think I think it would take a large a large investment, and and finding lots of people with that kind of money that would be willing to do that in certain geographic areas that makes it make sense. You know, it doesn't make sense to have a team in Edmonton and a team in Florida because their their travel expenses are going to be ridiculous. You know, or Edmonton to Puerto Rico fairly short for the travel, so it, you can make the league work. Like uh, this past season, Edmonton went to Puerto Rico. They had to take three flights. Yeah, that's that's ridiculous. And and you know, they, it, at, at that level, you ought to have enough teams, you know, close enough by that you're not you're not traveling like that. They should have created regions, and they should have just said you're in this conference. And well, if they still had the twenty or so teams that that they've had at various points, I mean, think look at all the teams that used to be in even the current version of the NASL. You know, Montreal, Atlanta, San Antonio, and all the, if you, if you, and, you know, I, I think it's 16 or 17 teams have played in the modern version of the NASL. But the you reason those, those teams, teams left, regionalize it. the reason those teams left was that they wanted to be more successful and they probably didn't see this as being a stable league. They saw it as being a stepping stone. Well, and, and they maybe were, maybe they were right. Yeah, <laughs> like you have, to say that. yeah, you have San Antonio that uh, eventually I think they want to go to MLS. I could be massively wrong. The Spurs own them. Eventually, they do, but it's a different it's a different organization that that ran the Scorpions. That that guy took his, yeah. his NESL rights to Las Vegas, and I haven't heard a peep from him since. the The team that's playing in San Antonio right now was brand new last year. They they bought the stadium and started their own team. No, but what happened in San Antonio was that Gordon Hartman, who owned the team, he sold the team, I think, to the county, and I think. There's like some type of lease that says there's Spurs that then they need to go to MLS by yeah, a certain they have, year. They have a certain amount of time to make it to MLS if they don't. Uh, they don't have to pay a fine or something. Yeah. That oh, wow 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 wow. Now we're getting to be like Italy now because in Italy they own all the stadiums like the like the cities and everything like that. But uh, yeah, Gordon Harmon he invested his money in that stuff. And it was a non-for-profit as well, soccer for a cause. Um, but he went to Las Vegas with his rights. What is he doing now? He's just chilling in like a hotel in like. Uh, a... I'm not sure what he's doing. He may not be doing anything. I may have looked at the landscape of the NSL and said, "Nope, I'm done." Or I may be slightly incorrect on some of the facts. I think that's the way I remember that so he was talking about taking the going to you know, Las Vegas, and I even remember seeing at some point on Twitter. Uh, a logo out there for it. Yeah, it may have just been somebody photoshopping too much time on their hands. I don't know. Yeah, there's some cool people that do that. Like, oh, this should be oh. their jersey and everything. Yeah. Yeah, so the moral of our conversation here, or just the point that we wanted to make, was that all these owners should invest in the NASL because if they don't, then we wouldn't have um, someone that wants to challenge MLS. And a, a lot of people say, who cares what league you play in? Why do you care about the league? And these are questions that come up. Why do you care? Why do you care about this or that? Well, I care because I don't want to play in a minor league. People think we play in a minor league in the NASL. Yep. Why would you want to go to MLS when we're the biggest brand in U.S. soccer? We can't operate and be the club that we are 
in MLS with a budget of $5 million. How are we supposed to get the biggest stars coming here? Like, we paid $500,000 for Nico Kronjar. We prob- probably paid a couple million dollars for Raul coming over. It's insane. Easily. Marco Senna probably got, I think he got like $500,000, which is pretty cheap for um, our eternal yeah, captain. Um, but that's what I, I sort of heard. I think on Twitter, I could be wrong. But as we said, everything on Twitter uh, is not true all the time, uh, which, is a, <laughs> nope. which is a fact that people should remember when they see um, sources. I have a source. I'm saying this. But if I'm tweeting it, believe me, please. <laughs> because yeah, yeah. Because I really think I'm 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 stating the facts here. Uh, because what I'm trying to do on Twitter is sort of fact check what everyone is trying to say. So if someone's randomly going on Twitter and saying, "Oh, sources, this is happening," I- I'm trying to put some uh, some proper news out there uh, to confirm or de- or deny that. So uh, hopefully you follow me on Twitter at jfrashante one uh, because I don't want to be adding to the mess of what's going on on soccer Twitter. And then you have NYCFC people uh, using the NY Cosmos hashtag and joining in the conversation about the Cosmos, which is sad as always. It's sad. (laughs) It's very sad. Like, okay, you support NYCFC. Go support your team and go enjoy Mm -hmm. MLS. Why do you got to talk about the New York Cosmos? You don't see me talking about NYCFC or MLS. People on Twitter, they have lots of free time, so they feel the need to pile on. It's really crazy, and sometimes I have like a massive headache um, just thinking about all this stuff. But uh, thanks, Paul, for coming on the show. Really enjoy Absolutely. it. Anytime. Yeah, I really enjoy talking about lower division soccer with our man Paul, who made history on First Team Podcast right here. Uh, he deserves a massive Christmas present. <laughs> but uh, Yeah, just don't send me a Cosmos scarf or anything like that. You know I'll never wear it. But it might be worth a couple dollars now. Okay, there you go. I'll uh, I'll get it and resell it on eBay. I'll let you know how much I profit I make. I actually went on like eBay, Amazon to see what I can pick up, uh, Cosmos wise that I don't have. Mm-hmm. And uh, on eBay, they're selling like random stuff, like um, like Cosmos bobbleheads and stuff. Like I have them all, <laughs> and other oh, crazy well, of stuff. Of course you do. But on Amazon. They sell even better things about the Cosmos. Like they sell like this massive logo um, that you can throw on your wall, so, sort of like the fathead thing, but oh, it's okay. not a fathead. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know fathead, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't actually have a fathead, but you know what I mean, right? So, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. If you are in the market to buy some Cosmos stuff, hop on Amazon because the New York Cosmos shop is down. Uh, so, yeah, that's where it's at. And Upper 90 also, they sell some Cosmos stuff as well. We are not sponsored by those people, so uh, go check them out. Uh, so thanks, Paul, for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. You can follow him on Twitter, right, at ATL Gorilla Talk. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can follow him there making fun of media. No, 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 he's not making fun of anyone, but he's just bashing media people uh, and telling them to cover lower division soccer, right? Yeah, ask, ask the tough questions and then ask it again when you don't get an answer. And <laughs> stop, stop letting them change the topic drives me nuts so do you actually sit down and listen to like grant wall's interview with like don garber or some random guy who's chief of uh competition i will, I will or whatever? see some of that stuff that they put on like you know the pregame show on on, on fox like for champions league or uh, i'm watching a lot of Bundesliga here lately and, and they'll they'll have those he'll have interviews on and i'm thinking this is a puff piece 
This is you're not asking tough questions, or if you're asking even you know if you even if you're asking about promotion relegation, you're not you're not even listening to his answers, much less having any follow up questions. I mean, just why don't you go to journalism school? Because they they need their they, you need your money back because you didn't get an education. Yeah, they have like a script that that they follow that probably Don Garber heard before. Um, oh, I, I'm totally I, I totally agree. I think that all the questions are scripted and approved in advance. And the answers are already written out. You know, it's kind of like the presidential debates. I mean, they, yeah, they, politics they, though, right there. Yeah, they, it, yeah, it's all it's all scripted. It's not a real debate. All their answers are rehearsed. All their questions they know in advance because they negotiate them. <laughs> you know, it's it's the same thing with with John Garber and Sunil Gulati. They're not going to sit down with somebody who's going to ask them tough questions and put them on the spot because that would be that would that would that, that's not the way we do things here in America in soccer. That that's my goal is I want to sit down with Don Garber or Sunil Gulati or both of them and pressure them and ask them the hard questions, Paul. That's my goal. I- I'm going to achieve that. Hopefully. All right. Let me know. I'll, I'll subscribe to that podcast. Well, to be honest with you, I contacted uh, U.S. Soccer like five times, called them once, left a message. Thanks, U.S. Soccer. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I've contacted them. I've never gotten a response. I've, I've sent requests to Sunil Gulati multiple times. Never even gotten a, a, so much as a thank you for your interest. We'll let you know. Nothing. Well, maybe we should just message him and say, "Oh, hey, I'm Paul from ESPN FC." <laughs> well, you said you you said you had his phone number, his cell phone number. You was it Sneel Galati? You you. Well, you I called it after the show that night, right? Yeah. And uh-huh. I thought it was his personal one, but I think it's like his phone at Columbia University. Oh, his office phone. Yeah, so I'll give it to you if you want. I, I was really uh, gonna that's... post it on Twitter, but. I really felt like if tons of people were going to call him, I feel like he, I really don't know. Like, <laughs> yeah, you'd yeah. never get to sit down with him at that point. Yeah, no, I, I as a college professor, I can tell you, I never answer my phone in my office, and I yep. hardly ever check the messages. I tell my students, if you need me, email me. Yeah, so if you want uh, Sunil Gulati's uh, office number, uh, you can DM me on Twitter, and I'll feel free to message that thing over. Uh, it's so simple to get. I googled it. And I was not intending to get it as well. So there's got to be a faculty director on the university website. That can't be too difficult to find. Yeah, he's some type of professor that he thinks he's all that. So uh, yeah, thanks for everyone for joining on the show. Follow us on Twitter at one team. I mean, not at one team pod. At first team pod. I changed that. Uh, for uh, Facebook first team pod. Website first team pod dot com as well. It is all the same. And, and thanks, Paul. You can follow. You can follow him on Twitter at ATL Gorilla Talk. A great follow. And you can talk to him and have a great conversation um, or an expanded conversation of what we had tonight. So thank you, everyone, for joining in. And thanks to Paul. Thank you for having me. Yeah, just want to give a shout out to the five points. The Borough Boys of Benedict Cosmos and the Cross Island yeah. crew. Uh, yeah, it's New York's green and white. What we believe you see in fight. Indeed, it seems to be achieving. See, we do and did it right. Cosmo country loving, we above them. I'm just saying. All those lovely somethings come and see it and I'm playing. The fact of it is the rap from the hit attacks, passion bliss. Reacts tap me win. So fast as racking them in. Whether it's stacking the wing, going back to stand through the mid, cutting the seams. It seems we see anything to be. We got a ball and a dream. Got a ball and a dream. We do. I'm new, it's true. Fancy girl down for you, no doubt they do. Surrounding you about the views. Like Shouting cues allowed to hear without the dudes. I'm my crews, I'm checking that's no excuse. Each session and lesson, it's not about perfection. The work's the test and F's connected like a method. Not breathless after training, something's gotta be corrected. Progression and acceleration at the start's most suggested. Infected with greatness, potential is spacious. Out the world, just face it. The work
work becomes contagious. Some may say we made it, but now we've just begun. Sorry if you hate it, because I can tell you that I'm far from done.